السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد شاء الله بيجين في few seconds if you have questions drop them in the comments inshallah and I will respond to them I was thinking about what to recite and for those who have seen my stories they know that uh, story on Instagram that uh, my gas ran out and I didn't notice it uh, but my gas had ran out and um, in the middle of the road uh, I didn't have gas so uh, I called a friend uh, and then uh, one of our Sikh friends Ram from Infreda I didn't even call him but he heard and he immediately went, paid for the gas, brought it, filled it. And uh, I said, let me try it. And he was just adamant. He came, he did it. He left his work, everything to help someone out. So then as I was thinking about what am I going to talk about today, I opened the Quran and this verse of Surah Zumar came up. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وَبَدَا لَهُمْ سَيِّئَاتُ مَا كَسَبُوا وَحَاقَ بِهِمْ مَا كَانُوا بِهِ يَسْتَهْزِئُونَ فَإِذَا مَسَّ الْإِنسَانَ ضُرٌّ دَعَانَا ثُمَّ إِذَا خَوَّلْنَاهُ نِعْمَةً نِعْمَةً مِنَّا قَالَ إِنَّمَا أُوْتِيتُهُ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ بَلْ هِيَ فِتْنَةٌ وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَهُمْ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ Allah says when a difficulty فَإِذَا مَسَّ الْإِنسَانَ ضُرٌّ دَعَانَا Whenever a problem comes to you, a problem or an issue comes to you and touches you, you call upon Allah. When things are difficult, you fall down in the musalla. When you have a broken heart, when your job's in question, when you have financial difficulties, when you are sick, when you see family members getting sick, when you see all the problems, then you go and you turn to Allah. Allah says, Da'ana, they turn to us. And then Allah cures and fulfills their problems and Allah makes it easy for them. Thumma idha khawwalnahu ni'ma. When we turn their problems into blessings, they say that we got it because of our own clout, because of our own connections, because of our own friends, because of our own knowledge, because of our own wealth, because of our own talent. Allah says, Balhiya fitna. This is fitna. Fitna, this is a test from you. Allah is testing you to see are you going to remember and reflect? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was the one who put you in the difficulty. And Allah was the one who took you out of the difficulty. Allah says people before you said the same thing. Nothing protected them. They got the sins and they got the problems in their life because of the sins they committed. I remember you're going to see a program with me and uh, Sheikh Ahmed Bukhatir. Uh, you're going to see a friend of mine, Sheikh Ahmed Bukhatir, who's one of the wealthiest people, multi-multi-millionaire in, in Abu Dhabi, in Dubai area, uh, sorry, in Dubai. And uh, he's, a, he's a senator there. He's a munshid, very famous individual. And he had told me one time in one of our trips, he said, Mufti Wasim, whenever I miss a salah, whenever I miss a prayer of mine, 
I ask myself, what sin did I commit that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not allow me to stand before Him today? What mistake did I do? What was my action that I forgot Allah, that Allah did not permit me to stand before His auspicious uh, presence? What did I do wrong? Allah says when a person gets anything wrong in their life, it's either a test or it's a way of forgiving their sins. It's a way of Allah giving a problem to them so that they don't have to deal with their sin afterward. Let me just turn that off. So Allah says, أَوَلَمْ يَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَبْسُطُ الرِّسْطَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيَقْدِرُ Do they not know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the risk and Allah is the one who spreads it for whoever He wants and Allah restricts it for whoever He wants. When Allah wants, then the hundred dollars you have has so much barakah that it can feed 50 people. And when Allah wants the thousand dollars, the ten thousand you have, the hundred thousand you have, Allah can make it disappear like that. Look at the stock market. People were cr crushing it in the stock market. And then Allah wanted and within a second Allah brought the whole stocks down. He says, يَبْسُطُ risk I can give to whomever I want. وَيَقَدِرْ And I can restrict from whoever I want. That is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another Quran, that when He wants to test the people of the dunya, فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبَوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Allah says we open the doors of everything upon them. Allah says we let them indulge in the wealth and the gold and we let them indulge in the cloud and the social media stance and the influencing position. We give them power. فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبَوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ We open the doors of wealth and we do open the doors of luxury and influence upon them. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in another place, Upon the believers, what word does Allah say? He doesn't say, I give them everything. He says, فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ بَرَكَاتٍ مِّنَ السَّمَاءِ we open the doors of barakah and blessings from the heavens for that individual. So that person has a little bit, but Allah gives them the ability with that little bit to do so much more. Let me take you to the battle of the trench. You are familiar with the incident that the Sahaba were digging a trench and the trench didn't go around Medina. It was just to a certain angle of Medina. And the Sahaba were hungry. They go to the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ is starving as well. The Sahaba picked up their shirts and they had a stone on their stomach. The reason they had a st stone on their stomach was so that their stomach didn't feel the hunger. It felt the weight and the suppression of something so that it did not desire so much as well. That when it took a little bit of food, it was satiated and it was enough. The stomach would not be able to absorb more. So they would restrict their stomach. Today we walk miles. There, uh, there are people in the world that walk miles to find, uh, to find some food and we walk miles to digest some food. We live in an era where there are people who walk miles to find food and we walk for miles to digest food. We live in an era where a rich man's shampoo has more fruits than a poor man's plate. We live in an era where Allah has given us ni'mas and blessings. If you look at my Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what was his bed? His bed was a leaf that was stretched out and it, the, the, the imprint of the leaves were left on the hands of the blessed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu comes and he says, Ya Rasulullah, there are kings of Rome and Persia. They're nothing compared to you, my Allah, my, my Nabi of Allah. You look at you, you, have, you, the imprint of your mattress has come upon you. We live, we sleep on beds that are tempur that absorb our body and that take our imprint. 
But the Prophet's body was a tempur-pedic for his mattress. That the mattress of the Prophet left marks on the blessed hand of Rasulullah wasallam. So when he says this, and this was the state of the Nabi of Allah, Sahaba came, Ya Rasulullah, we have stones in our stomach. Today the Sahaba of those days had stones in, our, in their stomachs. And today our youth are stoned. The Sahaba of those days carried stones. Today our youth are stoned, whether it's Ramadan or outside of Ramadan. May Allah give us hidayah and may Allah find, allow us and bless us with the spiritual high so we don't run after this fake high and these fake drugs to try to get the next happiness. So the Prophet, the Sahaba had one stone wrapped. The Prophet picks his shirt up and the Prophet picks his rida up. He picks his shawl up and you see two stones on the stomach of Rasulullah wasallam. Hunger was real at that time. One one date is what they would have. One one date. And after the dates were done, first they had two two dates, then one one date. Then after that, they would just get the seed of a date to suckle on, like chewing gum, and that was their food. That was their food. And we sit at iftar time, we eat food, and there is this amazing fish that is broiled and it's cooked well. We eat it, and after eating it, we say, Mazaniya. Mazaniya. I didn't taste good. That fish gave its life for you. It died for you to come into your stomach. And then you look at it, you eat it, and you say, Mazaniyaya, I didn't enjoy it. What will we do on the Day of Judgment if Allah looks at our salah and our du'as and our worship and our lectures and say, Mazaniyaya, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like it. Ya Allah, but we tried. We did our best. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rejects it. What if we reject the blessings of Allah? What if Allah rejects our ibadah and worship and du'as the way we reject the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Jabir bin Abdullah radiallahu anhu comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Quietly he comes and he says, Ya Rasulullah, there is, there, there, I know that everyone is hungry. I have a little bit of food my wife is cooking at home. Rasulullah, Ya Rasulullah, you and few sahaba, two, three people, come and, and come and eat at my house. I know you all have been hungry. The Prophet sallallahu says, okay. He gets up on, the, on, on one of the hills and he gives a shout out and he says that everybody we have, we have food, uh, we have grub at Jabir's home. And Jabir is shocked, what? I only invited four people, three or four people, and they could barely eat anything. So the Prophet says, guide us to your home, Jabir. Jabir radiallahu anhu is walking faster. He's scared. The Prophet's normal walk is already fast. So Jabir is running basically home, trying to make it between running. He's embarrassed. What is he going to say? Imagine if you tell your mom or you tell your wife or you tell your husband or your father that we have three or four people coming over the house. And then they call back and say, well, there's 50 people that are coming. Imagine the fight and the arguments that happened before that that was in the parties in our home, that we didn't invite so many people. We don't have this dish or that dish. And we have all of these takallufat and these formalities that destroy the inner self of what we're supposed to be as believers. The Prophet calls Jabir and he says, Jabir, don't lift the top of the pot until I don't arrive there myself. Ya Rasulullah sallallahu Ya O Muhammad Rasulullah. Oh, oh, Jabir. Guys, you guys got to watch out on the comments because I'm just going to end up muting them because they get a bit distracting. Some of these. If I'm talking fast now, then watch the video afterwards and see that speed later on. It'll be slower, inshallah. If I talk slow, people say talk fast. If I talk fast, people say slow. At the end of the day, focus on the, the, the message that's being said. And after that, then take blessing and barakah because your comment then becomes fitna. It becomes what stops people from learning Allah and His Rasul You become the barrier in between. So... Jazakallah khair for your comments and everything, but this stuff could, these disruptive comments could be done later on, inshallah. Anyway, Jabir radiallahu anhu. The Prophet says, Jabir, 
go and uh, go Jabir and uh, tell your wife that before the food is served, don't lift the top of the pot until I don't arrive there. So Jabir radiallahu anhu goes to his home. And when he arrives at his home, he tells his wife, he says, yeah, you know, uh, we only had four people coming over. The Prophet just called a thousand people to our home. And he's tripping out. And the Prophet, his wife is like, did you tell the Prophet how much food we had? He's like, yeah, I did tell my, the Prophet. His wife was older than him. Jabir anhu's wife was much older than Jabir radiallahu anhu. He was really good looking. But still his wife was older. He married an elderly wife so that, he, so that his younger siblings would have a motherly figure at home, someone to take care of them. Like, these are sacrifices, right? Not every marriage is built on love. And not every marriage that begins with love ends with love. People who get divorced 20, 30 years later, many of them, I ask them, what happened? How did you end up divorced? Did you not love them in the beginning? They said, we love nobody else but them in the beginning. But life turns on, you think this heart will remain attached to one individual. When you lose someone in your life, Allah replaces them. You lose one work, Allah replaces them. Remember something, Allah says, I spread it. I give and I take from whom I will. Don't doubt the mercy and the compassion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anyway, so she says, yeah, if the Prophet has said it, then he knows what he's talking about. Relax. Take it easy, chill out. And he says, the Prophet also said, don't uncover the top of the pot until he gets there. The Prophet arrives there. When he arrives, a thousand people behind him waiting, hungry. And the Prophet goes, picks up the pot, he takes off the top, he reads something, and he blows inside. Do you guys know what that dua was? If you know, tell me, I don't know what the dua is. Couldn't find it in the hadith of the Prophet Or no, I don't think anyone knows the dua. But whatever the Prophet read and blew inside it, then he said, erect a tent, have a place, and call 10 people at a time, and let them eat the food. And when 10 are done, bring the next 10, bring the next 10. And in 100 shifts, they ate the food. And at the end, Jabir says, there was more food left over than we began with the food. There was more left over than we began. Why, how did this happen? Number one, there was a dhikr done. Number two, there was sincerity in giving the food. And number three, he only allowed 10 at a time because if there was greed, then that greed would have taken away the barakah of the food. That is why when you are serving food, you keep the top cover, you keep it covered and you just pull out of it. You just take out of it. There was a incident of one of our uh, one of my, uh, when I was a young kid, six, seven years old, five, six years old, my mother and father took me to this sheikh in uh, Medina Tsul And his name was uh, uh, Sufi Iqbal. And uh, I remember a small kid on the roof of Medina Munawwara, I saw the man, he never married. And uh, he told me, he, his words to me were that, don't be kanjus, kanjus makijus. He says, don't be a stingy person. A stingy person is, uh, and he just did a rhyme on words. And I was a little kid and I never forgot seeing that atmosphere. My teacher, many years later, narrated us a story of him inside Medina. And at that time I was like, man, I saw that man when I was five, six years old. My teacher said that he had a pot. And someone said that Sheikh, the biryani is finished. There's nothing, he used to have robat makki He had a hotel and uh, it wasn't a hotel where you charged people. People just came and stayed for free. And they were the guests of Madiyat al-Munawwara. And they would eat, drink, and they would leave. No payment or nothing was necessary. So he says in Rubat al-Makki, he says, uh, the pot had no more food left. And the, and the Shaykh said, go give them biryani. And he said that, uh, Shaykh, the biryani is done. 
And he said, give them biryani. He said, Sheikh, the biryani is done. He went inside and began scooping and biryani just kept on coming out. This barakah, we've seen multiple times with Mufti Mahmoud Saab in our own homes. I've seen so many times my mother made food and, and much more guests have arrived than we imagined. But after the food was done, we saw that there was more food than it even began. But the, the key is, is that you keep it covered, that you don't uncover it so that greed doesn't enter because greed can turn brothers into strangers. But when greed is removed from the hearts, then strangers can become brothers. So greed destroys the blessings of actions. Anyway, he goes on. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَصْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Allah says, Oh my servants, Oh my servants, He's talking to you and I. يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَصْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ Those of you who have oppressed yourselves, who have harmed your nafs, who have harmed your souls, لَا تَقَنَّطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Don't despair. Don't feel that Allah's rahmat don't come and touch you. Don't think that Allah can't forgive you. One of the biggest sins, gunah kabira, major sins, is to doubt the mercy of Allah and to doubt the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is a major sin, to doubt the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, that those of you who've oppressed yourselves, لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Allah forgives all sins. Not only does He forgive the sins, He hides the sins as well. Allah says, Turn to your Allah, turn to your Allah, and submit to your Allah before the adab and the punishment of Allah comes. Allah says we will give them small problems in their life so that they can turn back to us before the big problem of the Akhirah comes. The difficulties of these dunyas is a reminder of the difficulties of the Akhirah that if today Allah has restricted something from you, imagine if that happened on the day of judgment. At least you can get your right in the, 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 the rights you have in the dunya, you can claim them in the Akhirah. But if you have claims against you in the Akhirah, then there is no second step, then you are truly lost and you are truly broke. Allah continues and says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Turn to your Allah, obey what is right, and follow the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before the adab of Allah comes in a snap of a finger and you won't even notice before Allah plucks you out of your, 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 your position. Allah plucks you out of this dunya and Allah plucks you out of your life. And a person will say, oh, they will regret on the day of judgment. And they will regret. We know the moment you die, you're going to be like, oh my God. Allah says, ya hasrata. The moment you die, that is going to be the biggest regret if you haven't turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is the biggest regret that any single individual will have. And... There was a Sahabi or a companion or a Tabi'i and he had an alcohol problem. You know, some of you have a problem of, of, of smoking, of drinking. You have your own sins, right? But this Sahabi or Tabi'i, this person, was uh, an amazing warrior. But he had a mistake. He had a struggle. And because of that struggle, he would keep on getting jailed up. 
So Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu asked about him. He said, how is he doing? He's just a great word. What's going on? Amir al-Mu'mineen, you know this guy. This guy just keeps on drinking all the time. So he's in jail. Umar radiallahu anhu sends him a letter. And the letter only has one ayah in it. That is it. One ayah in the letter, and that's it. That was the letter of Umar radiallahu anhu. It started off like this. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Min Umar ibn al-Khattab. Ila so-and-so. Three ayats actually. Hamim tanzilul kitabi min Allahin azizil hakim. This is a message from Allah, the mighty and the one who knows everything that you do. He knows what deception your eyes do and what your hearts hide. That was it. That was the message. And the man's eyes were flowing with tears. The message says this. Your Allah forgives sins. And Allah accepts the tawbah. But if you don't turn to Allah, also know that just as merciful as Allah is, that's as mighty as Allah and His punishment is just as severe. Allah gives you time. Allah gives you respite. Allah's punishment is ever and everlasting. La ilaha illahu. There is no one but Allah. Ilayhi al-masir. All of us have to go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of us have to turn back to Allah. All of us have to stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what will be the day of judgment? What will be the situation of the people of judgment on the day of judgment? Allah says, وَوُفِّيَتْ كُلُّ نَفْسٍ مَّا عَمِلَتْ وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَا يَفْعَلُونَ Every person will be paid in full from all of the actions that they do. Every single person will be paid in full. No person will be harmed on that day. وَسِيقَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا إِلَىٰ جَهَنَّمَ زُمَارًا Allah says the people who are supposed to go to Jahannam, they will be dragged, the disbelievers and the sinners will be dragged towards Jahannam in big, big gatherings. حَتَّى إِذَا and when they're brought to the doors of Jahannam, the guardian of Jahannam, his name is Malik. The guardian of Jahannam smells and he is disgusting and he looks vicious and ferocious and he is tall and he's dark and he has a frightening look on him. And, the, and Malik will say, He will say, did messengers not come to you? Did messages not come to you? Did people not remind you of Salah? What did you say? I just prayed in my room already. That becomes two sins. You get the sin of not praying, and then you get the sin of lying. And number three, the greatest sin is to say you spoke to Allah when you never spoke to Allah. When kids say, mom, I've already prayed in my room and you didn't pray, that is one of the biggest sins. You have just claimed to speak to Allah when you didn't speak to Allah. That is a major, major sin. Allah says, Allah's curses on the liars. Then Allah says, that the, did the messengers not come? Did you not get the messages from Allah? Did they not warn you, warn you about the day that you will have to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? 
قالوا بلا. They said, of course we heard the message. ولكن حقت كلمة العذاب على الكافرين. But the decision is final. We were disbelievers and we made mistakes and we never took it seriously. Now this is our destiny. قيل دخلوا أبواب جهنم خالدين فيها فبئس مثوى المتكبرين. It will be told to them, enter through the doors of Jahannam. Enter through the doors of Jahannam. You will be here forever and ever and ever. فبئس مثوى المتكبرين. You were arrogant and you had تكبر in your heart. Your arrogance did not make you understand. And this will where this is where you will be forever and ever. Notice Allah uses the word أبواب here. He mentions the door of Jahannam. لها سبع to Abuab, it has seven doors of Jahannam. Jannah has eight doors. Allah has made more doors of mercy and less doors of His adab. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Laha sabatu Abuab." It has seven doors, and even the doors of Jahannam are frightening. And I will tell you, on the twenty seventh night, I will describe Jannah and Jahannam for you, inshallah. But Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says. That even the, they will be dragged through even the door, so they can feel punishment every step of the way. Now Allah talks about the believers. What does He do with those who obeyed Allah? Those people who cried before Allah in the nights, those people who were broken inside, those people who struggled with their faith, those people who tried to come too close to Allah, those people who tried to become Allah's friends, those people who were having taqwa, those people who were having their their connection and relationship with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Allah says, "وَقْسِيَ الَّذِينَ تَقَوْ رَبَّهُمْ إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ زُمَرَةً." In big, big gatherings, they will be entered into Jannah. حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءُوهَا وَفُتِحَتْ أَبْوَابُهَا And when their doors are flung open of Jannah, وَقَالَ لَهُمْ خَزَنَتُهَا The guardian of Jannah will say, "سَلَامٌ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ طِبَّتُمْ فَدَخُلُوهَا خَالِدِينَ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ Welcome, welcome. This is your home. You have lived an amazing life. Allah is happy with your life. The Lord, you did what you were supposed to do. وَقَالُوا What will we respond when we hear this? We will say, Alhamdulillah. This Alhamdulillah, when you read in Surah Fatiha, imagine that when we enter Jannah, this will be the first sentence when we enter Jannah. We just rush through it, but this will be the first communication of us when we enter Jannah. They will say, Alhamdulillahi alladhi sadaqana wa'adah. All praises are due to Allah. Sadaqana wa'adah. His promise was true to us. وَأَوْرَثَنَا الْأَرْضِ نَتَبَوَّأُ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ حَيْثُ نَشَاءُ فَنِعْمَ أَجَرُ الْعَامِلِينَ Allah inherited the earth for us and Allah gave us Jannah and now Allah has given us the greatest of rewards. وَتَرَى الْمَلَائِكَةَ حَافِينَ مِنْ حَوْلِ الْعَرْشِ They will see the angels of Allah gathering around with their wings and covering them around the throne. يُسَبِّحُونَ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ They will be praising Allah. وَقُضِيَ بَيْنَهُمْ بِالْحَقِّ And the decision of Allah will be final. وَقِيلَ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ And the final statement will be, all praises are due to Allah. The first statement of your Surah Fatiha is the final statement and the first statement of your conversation in Jannah, may Allah give us all Jannah. The Prophet ﷺ said that if a person asks Allah Jannah three times, Allah makes Jannah wajib on them. And if a person asks Allah to protect them from Jahannam three times, Allah makes Jannah Jahannam haram upon them. Allahumma inna nas'alukal Jannah. Allahumma inna nas'alukal Jannah. Allahumma inna nas'alukal Jannah. We're going to do some dua now and then inshallah we'll make some specific duas afterwards. You can put your questions below. If there's any questions here, let's see if there's any questions here.
Okay, there's a lot of messages in here. There's a lot of missions, messages, but anyway, okay. Allahumma lakal hamdu kama yambaghi li jalali wajhik wa azimi sultanik Allahumma inna nas'aluka al-huda wal-tuqa wal-afafa wal-ghina Allahumma ghafir lana wa li walidina wa li azwajina wa li awladina wa li mashayikhina wa li man lahu haqqun alayna ya rabbal alameen Allahumma ghafir li jami'i al-muslimin Allahumma inna ka'fu wa ntuhibbu al-afu fa'fu anna Allahumma iftah al-masajid Allahumma iftah al-masajid Allahumma arzuqna al-salaa fi al-masajid Allahumma hafiz Allahumma hafiz masjid al-aqsa Allahumma hafiz masjid al-aqsa Allahumma hafiz masjid al-aqsa Ya Allah forgive our major and minor sins Ya Allah forgive all of our sins that we did knowingly and unknowingly Ya Allah forgive our parents sins our teachers sins our children's sins our spouses sins our relatives sins Ya Allah, make us humble, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, allow us to turn to you. Ya Allah, make this Ramadan the best Ramadan of our life. Ya Allah, we have few more days left. Ya Allah, don't let this month leave without you being, without us being forgiven and you being happy with us. Ya Allah, we don't know how to call upon you. We don't know how to do dua. Ya Allah, our duas are broken. Ya Allah, allow us to ask you with such words that erupt your mercy, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, our friends and families protect them. Ya Allah, this disease that is everywhere, alleviate us from this disease. Ya Allah, this is a month of duas and this is the month of acceptance. You have promised acceptance of du'as. Ya Allah, we ask you to remove and lift this burden upon us, Ya Allah, this disease upon us. Lift this and remove this. Ya Allah, turn the fitna and the shot and the evil of the people who are trying to do evil away from us. Ya Allah, give Islam a beautiful name. Ya Allah, let us re represent Islam in a manner that when people see our actions, they want to come closer to Islam. Ya Allah, avoid us from, um, Ya Allah, protect us from doing those actions that when people see us, they want to become distanced from Islam. Ya Allah, you are Aziz, you are Ghafoor, you are Shakur, you are Kareem, you are Rahim. Ya, ya Allah, you are Dhul Jalali wal Ikram. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Rabbi, 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 a lot of people here, okay, there's too many people on here. Uh, but we'll make dua, all du'as for everyone, but especially for them. So Zishan, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, make your, the way your outside looks like Rasulullah sallallahu may Allah make your inside look like Rasulullah sallallahu May Allah make your heart soft, may Allah make you humble, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you with the ability to uh, get the barakah of mashwara, may Allah use you for his deen, may Allah remove the remove the love of dunya and recognition from your heart and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make you a means of people become getting closer to Allah and be, uh, getting hidayah. Um, Sister Sadia, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fill your life with nur and happiness. May Allah give your mom and dad a long and healthy life and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow them to see the happiness of Aina and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give her all the sihat and afiyah. Allah can remove anything in his life. May Allah give her shifa. Her. May Allah keep you and Sharif happy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive your father's sins, elevate his status. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fill his grave with the nur. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make you a means of sadaqah jariyah. May Allah bless you and your family and give your family a long and healthy life. And the last one was Izmir. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Izmir, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
make you uh, a individual who reflects the prophetic qualities and the Quranic message. May Allah bless you with tears in salah. May Allah give you khushur and khudur. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cleanse your heart. May Allah make your heart like, may Allah fill your heart with his love. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you respect and honor wherever you go. May Allah remove any sickness or difficulty or any struggles or any pain or any grief that you have in your heart. May Allah bring the family together. May Allah, uh, may Allah put love and muhabba in the family. May Allah make everyone's heart forgiving. May Allah put peace and contentment in your home. Jazakallah khair everybody. I have a bunch of lectures. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.